everyone! With me again, Jennifer, on the third episode of Social Linguistics Series. Today, we are going to discuss about code switching. We have learned that the term code in social linguistics refers to all linguistic features of a language, including your accents and pronunciation. However, when talking about code switching, people usually just mean language switch, that is switching from one language to another during an interaction. When you know more than one language and all those languages are used somewhat equally frequently in your daily life, usually you will start to switch between or among, if there are more than two languages, those codes as you speak. and this is usually done subconsciously, so you don't really realize it. Think about, for you if you're Sundanese, think about how often you add a small tag like ma, teh, oi, atu. Even when the whole conversation you do is done in Bahasa. Or how often you start your sentence using English and you end up speaking in Bahasa or your local dialect. What you have been doing, without realizing it, is switching between codes. So yeah, you have been doing code switching all your life. One thing to remember about code switching is that it is not the same as borrowing. If you remember from our morphology class, borrowing means that you take a particular word or phrase or expression from one language and use it frequently enough that it becomes a common expression in the other language. For example, the word download. Even when we speak in Bahasa, we still use the word download to refer to getting files from the internet or you use the word screenshot a lot to refer to um, capturing a picture from your phone or your screen. Do we have those words in Bahasa? Yes, we do. But I guess, unless it is for formal uses, I think we would all choose to say download instead of the word undu or we, will, we would say screenshot instead of the word um, Am I right? Yeah, anyway, so borrowing in false specific words and repetitive pattern, code switching doesn't. Code switching is more sporadic and there's no real pattern to it. Code switching can be categorized by its functions, or when it happens. Two sociolinguists, Blom and Gumpers, state that we can divide code switching as either based on the situation or based on the metaphor. Now let's discuss each of them in detail. Situational code switching happens, well, based on the situation, of course. By this, what I mean is we switch our code because there's a change in either the topic or the participants 
or even the setting. For example, as you joke around with your friend using Sundanese, suddenly your friend asks about an assignment you're supposed to submit. And when they do this, they suddenly use Bahasa. There is no change in participant, it's just you and your friends. And let's, uh, uh, let's say you're still talking uh, via video call. The sad thing is still the same. What changes in this case is only the type of conversation, the, the topic of the conversation. Perhaps your friend associates school works with formality and with bahasa so that they subconsciously switch to another language. Or while you two are talking, perhaps a third person who doesn't understand Sundanese comes to join. You find it rude to continue talking in Sundanese and you don't want them to feel left out. So what would you do? You will switch to the language this person understands, I believe. So yeah, that is um, situation, situational code switching. The second type in this categorization is called the metaphorical code switching. It is quite different from situational code switching. How? Well, in this one, nobody really knows why people switch. There's no change in the topics, in the participants, in the setting. Everything just stays the same. And people just switch. Well, Janet Holmes suggests that the change is probably only to show empathy or signaling group membership. Like when, um, if you work in an international company and but everyone there is Indonesian, and then your supervisor starts speaking in English because he wants to um, give you a new assignment to do, a new project to do, but then perhaps he doesn't want to sound harsh, so in the middle of this, the meeting, even though the topic is still the same about the project, the people do not change and the setting is still in the meeting room, he suddenly switches to Bahasa just to make sure that you both are in the same page. So it can happen. Yeah, mm, so that is metaphorical code switching. And you sometimes you just want to show that you're part of the same the same ethnicity group or the same speech community group to other people. A different type of categorization is made by another linguist called Poplak. This time, code switching is divided based on at which part of an utterance it occurs. There are three types of code switching according to Poplak. The first type is called the text switching. Text switch can occur anywhere in an utterance, but most commonly it happens either at the beginning or at the end of the utterance. You know, some people like to begin their sentences with text. For example, well, okay, or in Bahasa Indonesia, you say jadi or nah. Yeah. And they add a lot of other stuff. But then they go on with 
the rest of the utterance in a different language. Or they can speak fully in one language and then end their sentence with attack in a different language loch. And that's exactly what I just did. And I'm about to do it again very very soon. Ya kan? Tag switching is totally subconsciously done. Of course, my examples are not subconscious. Um, you don't realize that you're doing it. When you tag switch, it is a matter of habit. And there's nothing wrong with that, really. Yeah, especially if you're Japanese and Sundanese, I notice that you add a lot of tag inside of your speech. I do that as well. So yeah, perhaps you want to start noticing how you and other people around you speak to, to know whether or not they actually tag switch. Alright, so the second type of code switching in this categorization is the intersentential code switching. The switch in this type happens at the clausal or sentential level. What does it mean? Well, basically, it means that you speak in one language in a sentence until you finish that sentence or clause, then you switch to another language in the next. For example, we can start the sentence in English, tapi nanti begitu ganti klausa, jadi pakai bahasa Indonesia. Even though this is not a rule, but usually teachers of a foreign language does this kind of switching a lot in class. Either they, they translate the previous sentence or, uh, using another language, or they just add more explanation in their native language so that in hope that the students can understand better. So yeah, next time you're in a grammar class, perhaps you want to pay attention if this happens with your English grammar lecturers. Now on to the third type. The third type is called the intrasentential code switching. When this happens, the speaker switches between languages in the middle of their utterance sporadically. So it's really suka-suka aja kapan they want to use one language and when they want to speak tina bahasa nusajen, like what I just did. Yeah, of course, however, while my example is deliberate, which means I do, it on, uh, do this on purpose and fully conscious about my switch, usually people don't realize when they do it. It's just something you do subconsciously because your brain uh, have stored a lot of vocabulary in, in several languages that you speak. Now think about it. Do you also do it a lot? Or out of the three, which one do you think you do the most? Tag switch, intersentential one, or the intrasentential one, or you don't switch codes? Besides learning the categorizations, of course, it is very important for us to understand the reasons why people do code switching. So, in this segment, I'm going to talk about the functions or reasons why 
people perhaps do code switching. There are a lot of categories and they may be different from one linguist to another based on who you are following or who you want to explore because we don't have much time and I don't think you you will ex- appreciate if I discuss a lot of people. This time I'm just going to focus on the functions that are proposed by Apple and Muisken. There are 10 uh, functions in their analysis or in their research. The first one is you switch language when you talk about a particular topic. So let's say you're more comfortable in using Bahasa Indonesia when you talk about um, your friends and you're more comfortable in using English when you talk about your feelings. So yeah, different topics, different language. So you, you switch between quotes a lot when you talk about different topics. Or you want to quote somebody but or a poem, uh, a certain saying, phrases, or idioms that you don't think will translate well if you use another language. So you can use that or you want to emphasize on something or you want to use it as interjection interjection means that you sometimes when yeah you you speak in in english and then suddenly something happens and then you use uh swear words in bahasa or you say aduh astaghfirullah and well of course there are different languages um you want to repeat or to clarify what you say by using another language. This happens a lot in um, foreign language classes. You want to express your group identity. You want to show that you are part of a speech community. You want to show people that I belong to this group, for example. Or you want to clarify your speech content by adding some extra explanation in another language. You can also soften or strengthen a request by repeating it or by saying it in different language. For example, you think that it will be more polite to ask me something in English rather than using Bahasa. Or you think that, okay, I'm Sundanese and Miss Jen understands Sundanese. And perhaps she will be more lenient if I if I use Sunni, so yeah, you want to soften your mm, request by expressing your group identity. So you want to show that you're in the same speech community as I am, perhaps. Or you can also use code switching when there is no equal word or translation in your language. So there are a lot of words um, that we commonly use in English that do not have um, the equal meaning in Bahasa Indonesia or the other way around. Like, I still cannot find the exact translation of the word galau in English. Like, of course, I can use anxious, but it doesn't mean the same. I can use nervous, again, it doesn't mean the same. So yeah, galau in Bahasa Indonesia, it has a very deep meaning that cannot be translated well in English. 
or perhaps if you can find the same word, you can tell me about it later. Yeah, and the last one uh, is to exclude or include somebody when you want to address only some exclusive audience. So yeah, those are the functions of code switching based on what Apple and Moist can categorize it. In this last segment, we need to discuss something else that is called the code mixing. Like its name, the term refers to how a speaker mixes between codes when they speak. Of course, perhaps you may ask me, how does this differ from code switching? Well, this is actually still a subject of debate. Some people think that the two terms, code switching and code mixing, are the same, but a lot of other people also think that they are different. And now I'm going to tell you what they think is different between the two so that you can decide on your own whether or not they're actually different. Okay, so according to some linguists, Code mixing is different from code switching uh, because based on the competence of the speaker. They believe that when people code switch, they do it by choice. It means that these people are equally fluent in the languages they switch between, but they think that the meaning of what they want to express is a lot stronger in one language, so they switch to another language. Meanwhile, they think that when you code mix, you use another language, you use an L2 because you don't have enough vocabulary to express what you mean in your other language. This is what often happens when we learn a new language usually. Um, like for, yeah, you can learn new language and you find it difficult to say things you want to say because you don't have enough vocabulary to express your thoughts. And what do you do? You usually refer to your native language or to another language that you understand. So yeah, that is basically the difference between code switching and code mixing. I really think it's up to you to decide uh, whether or not they are the same. And please, really, I want you to share it to me during our discussion later. That last segment ends our discussion today. So thank you very much for listening to this recording and I'll see you soon. Stay safe. So bye for now. <laughs>